Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsperts.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. <laughs> Guys, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, good. I've had yeah, a good. wonderful time away in Arran. I've been to a spectacular part of, of Scotland. And then I came back and one of my uh, nurses who I work with uh, had been a ranger on Arran and then gave me the lowdown of what it can be like to live on Arran for a long time. I was wondering why there were so many houses for sale. Now I know why. Uh, but, uh, oh, wow. but no, it was spectacular. We've had some wonderful weather. Uh, guys yeah. uh, really enjoyed it. But yet again, came back with another virus. This is what you do. You go away, <laughs> mixed with all of these on, people in the pub in a strange what place. Sort of, <laughs> what sort of virus? A virus of the upper cold? I love the way you were so concerned for a moment there. <laughs> <laughs> Not that sort of virus. You, catching something you might be ashamed of. Well, uh, <laughs> sounds like a nice trip. I always wanted to do Scotland. I drove through Scotland once, and uh, that was all. There. Actually, no, I drove through Scotland twice. We drove through Scotland and um, uh, for a Hogmanay one year, and uh, we didn't realise, you know, Edinburgh was going to be minus six. We thought it would be like Dublin cold, which is zero, and rain. We can handle that. But driving in minus six, they've gridded all the roads, and we're in this brand new Mini Cooper that my friend's mum had lent us. And... Uh, there was grit and the grit because we ran out of spray water stuff to clean the window. The, it was just freezing on the on the on the car. So there was all this slush frozen on the car windscreen. So I had to wrap my arm up in like five or six jumpers and crack a beer <laughs> with loads of beers and crack a beer. I don't know why I'm telling this live on there. It's probably something. But uh, and you'd have to pour the beer off the windscreen to keep the wipers going to get us to Edinburgh. And then the and then the bloody IRA did a bomb scare and, and it got called off for the first time ever and we were just stuck there with uh it wasn't good. Very busy though, very busy. Anyway, that was my uh, my trip to Scotland. I didn't see a whole lot to be honest with you. But uh, I have Sam, to say I love I love uh Scotland. I I went to college in Edinburgh, I did six years in Edinburgh and uh part of my heart still lies in Edinburgh, I have to say. I do oh, love yeah. it as a city, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And I've never been to the castle actually ah okay all right beat you on that one i was i went to the castle we went there for about half an hour i also love yeah. the uh i love the anthem we born in scotland i love that for the rugby that's a that's a good anthem i like a good anthem so uh, anyway there you go so good trip to scotland anyway Brent. fair play flower of scotland now not a wee bonnie scotland <laughs> i don't know that's what i that's what i sing anyway i'm usually locked when i'm watching the rugby um also, Nick, what did you think of, uh, this is going to be non-dog related and I'm putting you on the spot. What did you think of Elon Musk buying Twitter? Uh, How do you feel about that? Well, he, he's no, not... We're not he's broadcasting not on Twitter, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not Zuckerberg, so that's, that's a plus. That's something. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I, think, uh, I, I think Zuckerberg and Bill Gates are in cahoots with some very, very shady characters around the planet without going into too many details. And I don't believe that Elon Musk has muddied his hands in that direction. I'm sure he's no angel, but he's not going into yeah. that kind of thing. So I'm happier with him than I am with Zuck. 
he seems to be uh, he seems to be one for debate. He wants people to be able to speak yeah. their minds, and I think that's good because I can't actually name another place where you could go on and speak your minds about certain things and say. I'd like to see a study on, you know, uh, something. Uh, name something, name yeah. a name a hot topic of the last couple of years. I can't think of any. But you know, you, there's no place, there's no there's no street for scientists to go to and stand up in their box and just start talking and debating and uh, having a reasonable debate. So I like the idea. If that's true and that's what he's going to bring to the party, uh, I thought that was kind of. I actually it inspired me to react, reopen my Twitter account and think, hmm, maybe maybe I'll I'll go back to. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Anyway. That's good. Some philosophy, some politics for this early in the in the day. And yes. today we're gonna to get we're going, we're gonna be going back to basics because we did a survey a few weeks ago for, thank you very much to loads and loads of replies. 250, 260, I can't yep. remember. Within 24, 48 hours. And and there was a small but very uh, insistent minority who said, please, 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 can you do the basics every now and again? Uh, because not everybody is, you know, it, it advanced diploma of canine nutrition, and let, let alone us, that's for sure. Um, uh, 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 Bre- uh, Brendan's got a very cunning plan to lead us through nine topics. We shall see. Yeah, I think we do well. Plan plan. At the time. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Bren, over to you. Your 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 gig, I think. Yeah. Um, well, but we've got to mention, otherwise we get into trouble. We've got to mention a uh, Patreon and uh, Connor. Just and it's just at the bottom of the screen there. Connor found our top donors and guys. There's some people who are just being incredibly generous to and to those we are very very uh, grateful indeed. Um, and to those who 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 are just donating what they what they're able, we're totally we love you guys as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. So uh, Patreon forward slash Raw Pet Medics, go there to to give us a little bit of support uh, in in a in a monetary way. That's wonderful. Thank you. And the other thing we have to mention is the podcast. You can get this very very podcast, not this podcast, but us. Waxing Lyrical, and you can get it on pretty much any any medium. You can get it on Apple, you can get it on Acast. Acast is where it all comes from. I'm, I'm not sure if that's where you get it. I use Apple Podcast and I get everything there. And so uh, Spotify, it's on. So basically, you can get it absolutely everywhere. Sorry, Brent, over to you. Yeah, well, thanks, guys. I think, you know, we've been asked actually for a quite a while to do this back to basics and so we're going to split it up into some simple stuff and I know thank you to all of the guys that shared the post to newbies to raw that want to use this as a resource um, there are some great uh, video stuff done uh, both on Nick's page um, he's got some stuff and also on Connor's page okay uh, so do also refer to those we'll put some links through to their little videos um, there so we're now going to hide them, and I'm going to talk to you about how I would do it. No, I'm joking. I just uh, would go down the route of <laughs> um, go through the process of going back to basics. So we're going to start with the three basics that each of us would employ if we're going to do raw food feeding for starters. Um, and so I'd like to ask Connor first, you know, based on, you know, if you're being a starter, you're going to say, this is my principles of raw food feeding. Um, I'm sure some of it will overlap with us guys, um, but we'll sort of address that as we come to it. What's your top three? So what's your top first one? What would you say? 
Okay, top three principles. If you're brand new to this, uh, you're going to see this ratio 80-10-10. Coming off the back of dry food, you want all these stats and figures and percentages as if that's how we feed ourselves and the kids. Uh, so, But you need something because, you, you know, you're not quite sure what the dog's food pyramid looks like because you've been a bit confused from uh, some of the nonsense that's out there. So there's a figure out there, 80-10-10, which is very popular, and a lot of the raw dog foods use that ratio. And that's a, that's a decent start. It means 80% meat, meaty bits of any type, big variety. Read an article on that later on. 10% organ meats, which is your liver and kidney and heart and pancreas and stuff like that. Some of the gory stuff and 10% bone. Uh, that's kind of the figure a lot of the raw dog food companies use, but I'd like to remind you that I, that figure could easily be 70, 10, 10, 10. In other words, people that put in a bit of plant matter in the knowledge that mm, the meat sector is probably not what it was 10 years ago, wasn't what it was 20 years ago, certainly doesn't look the same as 50 years ago when they're all outside pecking around in the ground. So um, a little bit of plant matter, I certainly adhere to that. So I like this ratio of 70, 10, 10, 10. And finally on that ratio bit, I would say, guys, that figure is, very vague i mean that's based on our assumption of what a rabbit kind of looks like but it's not what a cow looks like it's not what an insect looks like it's not what a frog looks like so this ratio of 10 percent bone does do raw dog food manufacturers adhere to that religiously no not at all do any of us i would well i can only speak for myself but no not really I, you have an idea and you know i have enough i know what dudley can take but other cocker spaniels mightn't be able to take as much as dudley bone wise so it's very uh, individual but that ratio is a decent start to take the edge off uh, and that's the first principle. Do I do all three here, Brian, or do I just do one? I think you've talked long enough that I'm going to move on to yeah. Nick. Otherwise, you're going to use up okay. everybody's air time. Okay. Nick, go on. Fair give enough. us a principle. Maybe discuss what Connor's talked about a little before you use your okay. first principle. Okay. Uh, in, in to try and get to keep things as simple as possible, eighty ten ten is a great start. It is not and everything. You know, when you're three months down the line and you you understand a bit more, you'll know why. But just for now, if you get a you get a, a punnet of eighty ten ten, you add some veggies, you add some bits and pieces, and off you go. It's a great start. I would say that's good. Make sure you get some skin in there as well. I think that's really important. Okay, so my first principle would be. Try and move where you can to once a day feeding. The uh, I always say to my clients that um, sleeping is to the brain as fasting is to the pancreas. Yeah, it looks like it's nothing at all, but actually it allows really incredible function of those organs, brain and pancreas. So if you can, and if you do it slowly and you feed random times, you will in many cases, be able to avoid the hunger puke because the hunger pukes come from dogs having three, four hours to think, oh, it's going to be dinner soon. So there you go. If you can, if you've got a, uh, an Irish setter, for example, who is prone to twists, then you may not want to do that. I don't believe that deep-chested dogs per se are more prone to twisting. We're getting into another thing here because I've got two deep-chested dogs and Whippet, Italian greyhounds, are not prone to twisting. So I think there's an awful lot more to it than deep chest. And the average, your average dingo, your average wolf has a pretty deep chest as well. That's another topic. So there you go. Once a day feeding, it's a really good idea. I do talk about it in my in my video, which is on holisticvet.co.uk. Just go there and you follow your notes. Okay, there you go. It's a nice introduction, that video for, for newbies. That's a great introduction on your website. As soon Thank as you, you land on your website, I'll check that out, guys. It's a 
simple. Yeah, we'll put a link in cheap. Uh, for this so that uh, you guys if you want to follow through to both of these uh, new data videos on uh, raw feeding. You've got other options to look at. Um, I would say, look, first principles for people coming to raw is understand the slight differences in quantities that you're going to be feeding. Um, and for the very young puppies, we often will quote uh, a range between 5 and 10% of their body weight in raw food um, just to sort of get enough energy and materials for growth in there. Um, and that generally that will come down as they pass maturity. So when they've stopped their growth curve, um, then you will come down to sort of two to 3%. But always remember, it's an individual thing. And if your dog is like my spaniel running around, like, you know, tearing through, chasing rabbits, and then they may stay needing 5% uh, of their body weight, or even more in some cases. And there are some dogs that, you know, I've got a Labrador, that probably really sticks down to 2%, sometimes a little lower, um, depending on the amount of fiber food. I'm gonna talk about fiber in a moment. Uh, so I think first principle, give you an idea of quantities of percent of body weight. So just to give you a repeat of that, so that means that for every 10 kilos, you're gonna be feeding 100 grams of food is 1%, okay? so. Simply make that up. So if you're feeding a 10 kilo dog and you want 3%, that's 300 grams. Simple as that. If you're feeding a 30 kilo dog, that's 900 grams. You know, it's 3%. So that's an easy way to just divide it down and work it out roughly where you're at. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Nick, you know, yeah, love the idea of getting some fasting in there. Absolutely agree. So Connor, second principle. Yeah. The, the 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 percentage thing is interesting and it does vary with your breed and, and the type of dog for sure and uh, some people are tempted like a lot of raw dog foods are very lean some of them are very very lean like for example turkey raw dog food can be made on turkey necks and a bit of turkey liver liver and a bit of turkey heart and that's a very lean food so the temptation is to feed more and more of the very lean food whereas you might be better off certainly financially if you thought about just adding a slightly fattier cut like a cheap beef mince from the supermarket. And uh, you can get really good quality beef mince from the supermarkets, at, at cheaper than most raw dog foods. And a nice handful of that, particularly with a young pup or a working breed or a bit of a nutter, um, that can really take the edge off, put in a nice oomph of calories and saves you on the raw dog food. Oh, um, that, so now, you... that, now, before you guys giving away too much, if you join us on Patreon, we're going to do a cost of living, how to make things Ooh. less expensive. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's say no more value, please, Nick. We never do cheap. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. yeah. Never use cheap. I know you sure. love a cheap bit on the side, but that's not <laughs> oh. what we're doing tonight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, less, less about his college years. Um. So. so come on, the, uh, Second principle. Second principles. Okay. Everyone's going to know this, but it's it's variety. Okay. So there's no such thing as complete food. Uh, take it from from someone that's that's done an awful lot of research into. There's no science to back that sort of nonsense principle up. The closest we came to complete food was for human babies, and that didn't work out too well for us. You can't replace Mother Nature. We can get close enough and get them through for a while, absolutely. But So uh, forget the word complete and just use the word variety, okay? Because you can come to this with a lot of fear and apprehension and bloody PTSD about feeding a dog that you don't have for the kids. Uh, so, you know, a lot of that comes from you need to feed a balanced diet, and if you don't, his butt will fall off. It's not like that, guys. But variety is important. So if you've just bought a week or two's worth of turkey raw dog food and it's like oh, you know maybe i'll vary it up the next time maybe i'll get lamb and beef or you know chicken and something 
And so mixing up the flavors um, is fantastic. And on top of that, as we'll get to another time, but is adding, adding in your own bits because that helps with the balance and the variety. Nutrients come, as Nick said a while ago, nutrients come, like, they don't come evenly in nature. They come haphazardly. Suddenly you've got a whole heap of calcium because you found a carcass or a whole heap of vitamin D because you found a liver or whatever. But they don't come evenly and your body learns to store what it absolutely needs uh, and what it, what it will die for the want of has learned to make itself. So you don't need to feed it every single day. That should take the pressure off. Forget about complete. Just think variety, mix it up a bit, and that helps with the whole nutrient imbalance over time. I absolutely agree with that. That was my second um, uh, oh, feeding sorry, Nick. nugget. No, that's okay. Variety is is really, really massive. I would just go a little bit further with that. I think Bren's good with the variety thing. Of course he is. He's, he's seen my videos. That's why. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> It's all about you, isn't it, um, Nick? We all follow you. My, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So um, variety-wise, I tend not to go um, variety, something different on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. What I do for variety is I would feed turkey for a week, and then I'd feed beef for a week, and then I'd feed lamb for a week, and then I'd feed venison for a week, or whatever, okay? But just you do blocks of food, because I think Mother Nature is pretty unimaginative, and you would be on elk during elk season, rabbit yeah. during rabbit season, and what have you. So I think a little bit of monotony is with most dogs. Some of them will just say, I'm leaving home if I get another rabbit in my bowl, okay? but So you just have to go roll with the punches. What I was going to say, and kind of briefly touched on this, is the fear thing. Everybody, when they started feeding raw food, was afraid because we've had 50 years of the, the processed food manufacturers going, if it doesn't come in a tin, it's going to kill your dog. If it doesn't come in a bag. Can you hear that? I'm whispering. Yeah, I can. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> And there's, there's a few people out there now rubbing their trousers going, oh. <laughs> uh, easy, easy. So they've been whispering subconsciously that unless it, it's, it comes with a pack, unless, you know, it thonks out onto the chopping board from this tin. Can you remember that? The, the Pedigree Chum advert. Hmm. Eight out of ten dog breeders prefer Pedigree Chum and what have you. Yeah. Other other dubious food sources are available. Um, so I, I'm just gonna say you're not alone when you're first starting. Yeah, do not feel bad. And I think the best there are two two ways around that. Number one is is get in with a really good and 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 not too thou shalt do this type forum on Facebook where you've got friendly people who are willing to discuss ideas and they're not too rigid to one way of feeding. There is no one way of feeding. That's number one. And number two is if you find a find a raw feeding vet. If you go to the Raw Feeding Veterinary Society, they've got a map. Yeah. Fear, you will be fearful until you get the confidence. And when you get the confidence, you will be like one of these nutters who follow us on a weekly basis and you'll just be oh my god it's so amazing and and it's as simple as that really um yeah Ren, what's your what's your second principle yeah i i love that and variety is is certainly in there but i'm utilizing my space to find the other bits that i would use rather than copying you guys so uh, you know yes it's one of my principles too but i'm not going to use it as one of my principles um 
I would like to say the next thing is to take away that OCD stress from people. Um, there are ready-made for you, okay, of various companies. We've had some of them sponsors in the past. Uh, we've had some great ones out there. I would just say, you know, do a bit of due diligence. You know, if you turn up there on a Saturday afternoon and you find dripping bags of smelling ambient product, probably not the food you're going to choose to start with, okay, from a, an aspect of safety. I would think, you know, just be cautious. Try and make sure you get something that's pre-made. If you're panicking at this point and going, oh, my God, DIY is just too much. I can't stand the thought of an eye looking back at me out the dish. Uh, then please, look, there are some pre-mades out there. Um, you know, use that principle. And I'm going to sneak in a little addition to that is if you're really struggling to transition your dog or cat onto food, I don't have a problem with just initially flash frying. So what I mean by that is oh, yeah. heat the pan, okay, uh, usually a frying pan, but a wok will do until you can throw in a spoonful of water and it evaporates immediately. That's hot enough for me. It means literally small chunks, so no greater than about an inch across. You can chuck in, or if it's a mince, just chuck it in, spread it around a bit, 10 seconds, flip 10 seconds out into the dish. That's what I mean by flash frying, okay? And literally that's heated it enough usually um, and just caramelized it a little bit and I know Connor's going to go on about various reactions with protein, etc. But no, no. just enough Tasty. at this point to just interest your pet in taking it. And then slowly you reduce the amount of flash frying. So just go down to 10 seconds yeah. on one side and out. Okay. And then you'll find that you can pretty much do it. Maybe just with pouring a bit of boiling water across the top of it is enough to warm it for them. And eventually they'll just go straight onto raw. So transitioning, yeah. my thing is, I don't think anybody should critique you if you initially have to just flash fry um, the first stages to get your dogs onto it or cats onto it. Yeah, totally. totally yeah, friendly. definitely. Even a, even a sprinkler of good quality salt, guys, they've come, they've come off very salty food and going to mm. non-salty food is a big problem for kids and it's a big problem for dogs and a big problem for mm. us. So, uh, you know, um, some foods just don't taste right unless you put salt in them because we're so used to when I make mashed potato, it gets a healthy pinch of salt and a heap of butter, French style. So it's nearly oily. So, I mean, I love that in my mashed potato. If I don't have salt in my mashed potato, I'll know straight away and I won't like it. So you can imagine if you're a cat and you've got this serious um, salt affiliation because you're, you're a carnivore and they love a bit of salt. So they know that and they pump three or four different types of salt in there. So sprinkle a bit of salt in on top of Bren's idea. Definitely get them hooked and then you Great. come off so the that's, cooking. And, and that's Connor's third thing. So we're moving on to Nick. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my, 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 sorry, my third thing is very brief. third thing is... Uh, I think like I think dogs are very largely meat eaters, okay, and they eat a bit of plant matter here and there. But I think the best meat out there is outdoor reared meat, uh, meat that has been pecking around outside, uh, lamb, beef um, that has been eating like in pasture fed. This kind of stuff that we're learning about fish from the sea, not so much at farms, like all that. I believe the fat profile content, omega three six ratio, and even all the bioactive compounds in that animal are a completely different animal to a shared, reared, chicken-fed corn until these are 10 weeks old and slaughtered. So I would say as much outdoor reared meat as you can, you can get it decently priced. 
uh, and it's just fantastic stuff. So um, if you are using a very cheap pre-made raw, you might ask where they get their meat, but we know it comes where this stuff comes from. Uh, but I would be supplementing that with as much outdoor meat that I can get myself uh, uh, from the supermarket, to be honest with you. Absolutely with you all the way. It's quite nice that we're all very, very much on the same page here, boys. We, we, I can't remember the last time we had this conversation, but this was not scripted in the slightest, guys. No, it's not really, no. But we're, we're actually, no. we're, 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 you know... Um, oscillating around each other without saying exactly the same thing. Uh, and now we're going to talk about our top three additions to the food. Just before, I saw loads of people getting upset that we weren't talking about omega-3s, eggs and NHS and things like that. So I think what we need to do is now go through top three. Yeah, we've probably just about got time to go through top three useful additions. Yeah, let's let's do let's do get our three out in like three minutes, okay? A minute on each one, okay? So I just bust through my three and I'll get yes, them done in three minutes. Three, I assure you. Three minutes. Go. Okay. Good. Here we go. Cool. My first one is omega three. So um, we are uh, omega three is fantastic, okay? It's animal fat, and we give mostly it comes from animal fat largely. That's where the dogs want it from. And so we usually get it from fish oil and oily fish and that kind of stuff. You have a lot of different options when you start talking about fish oil supplements. I like little sardine or anchovy oil because a small little oily fish, they don't accumulate the larger, the nasties in the food chain. The bigger the fish, the more it can accumulate that sort of stuff. And uh, I, I watched how much I'm getting in my tablet because you can get a lot of filler and very little of the fish oil you want. Or they cut it with mackerel oil or they cut it with something else. Some of the really cheap oils don't even tell you what the filler oil is. So you have to look at your EPA, DHA content. They're the two omega-3s your dog really wants, and they're the ones you're spending your money on. So generally, you'll see the really cheap uh, fish oil tablets in the supermarket have very little EPA, DHA. And uh, some of the really better ones, they're called refined fish oils, uh, are, are, have a lot more EPA, DHA. They'll cost a little bit more, but you avoid a lot of the filler. The best source of omega-3 is surely sardines or sprats, uh, a small little oily fish that you buy yourself, fresh or dried, from the fishmonger, raw dog companies do um, kilo bags of I love omega-3. Second one, I'm always going to say uh, a nutritional booster, okay? And you know what nutritional booster I'm going to say. I'm going to say seaweed. Where's the pack I had ready? So yeah. I'm this, I, I know I'm becoming the seaweed person. I love seaweed. If you're near the sea, go and crop it yourself. Wait till the tide goes out. Stay away from the ports. Bring the scissors. Snip it off the stipe. Dry it in your garage. And uh, it's ready to go in two or three days. You can sprinkle it on the food. I sell seaweed. I'm going to plug because I know people are listening and I'm going to make money out of it. So this is our seaweed. We've got six or eight different types. This is Canident. And it's a blend of two or three brown seaweeds, three brown seaweeds. And it cleans their dog's teeth at the same time. It's wonderfully nutritious. It's a rare source of iodine for your dog that they need. Natural iodine is not the same as iodide. Small bit of seaweed, brilliant nutritional booster, in my opinion. Uh, and the third one, believe it or not, because people rarely talk about it, is a bit of salt. I like a bit of salt, and I think gut-sick dogs uh, plough through their electrolytes because they control the, the in-and-out water of your, of your, of your guts. Um, and dogs that are working hard definitely need a bit of salt. So can he cross dogs, uh, anybody working their dogs. Which, and a little bit of salt is great because raw dog food is zero salt. And that's not the best nutrition either. Good quality salt is a bad rep from all the horrible ultra-processed food we've been eating. But a little grind of good quality salt, I think, is fantastic. It's not just sodium and chloride. There's all sorts of minerals all the way down to 60, 80 different minerals in some of the good quality salts. Anything with a name, pink salt, Himalayan rock salt, whatever. They're my three additions that Dudley gets 
uh, particularly the seaweed regularly. Uh, that's that's, uh, right. that's my three. Dollars. I love that. Three minutes, Ooh. lads. Ooh. Boom. Oh, three and a half minutes. Three and a half. Oh, oh, I was bad. trying to not speed bad. you up on the first one. Come on, Nick, go for it. You're allowed to overlap. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're going to miss out here, uh, Brent, because we will have not taken if you're going to be quick. Uh, low no, you won't. No, you're going to be quick. Fruit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Right. I'm, Never. I'm going to give you. In fact, I'm only going to get to two, but at the same time, I'm going to do four. Okay, so the first one's bone broth, and I think bone broth is just wonderful. Again, somebody, somebody's going to say, oh, what about the histamine? But if you give a certain type of bone broth to your dog and they start itching like crazy, well, then you know that that's not for them, and you go and get another type of bone broth, okay? And you can use whatever the bone broth is. You can use it for yourself. You can give it to your husband. Give it to whatever you fancy. Yeah, give it to one of the other dogs. Off you go. You can use it for the very young. You can use it for the very old. You can use it for the pregnant. You can use it for those recovering from disease. You can use it when you're transitioning. You can use it to help with leaky gut. There are very few situations where you can't use uh, the bone broth. One little trick is in the summer, you can freeze it into uh, ice, ice, ice cubes and you can feed that as a treat. Or if you've got a really greedy dog and you're trying to get some weight off, then uh, really slightly dilute bone broth ice cubes are a winner. Yeah, they think they're getting a treat, but they're actually getting very little nutrient. Everybody's happy, therefore. The next thing is, uh, and uh, uh, these guys have mentioned it, is NHS. NHS is my little um, uh, mnemonic to, to remember nuts, herbs and seeds. And it's a very easy th thing to remember, especially after the last couple of years we've been through NHS. So nuts, what are nuts? Nuts is anything you can get a hold of as long as it's not on macadamia. Very easy. Ideally, you soak overnight before you feed and then you just chop, 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 or you put them in the, in the, in the blend with your greens, pour it on and off you go. So nuts, very easy. Herbs, very easy. Anything you like. If you've got a dog who has, is very sensitive epileptic then don't go rosemary apart from that anything that's seasonal anything that's out there in the garden if you haven't got a garden you can get a grow bag if you can't get a grow bag you can even grow herbs from a from a pot you can even buy even buy them in tesco's in little little pots you have those along the, the window sir you just have a snip of this and a snip of that off you go really 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 easy nuts herbs seeds finally seeds seeds the two uh, very obvious ones are sunflower seeds. Now, sunflower seeds, if you use sunflower oil, it's been pre-ground and it's filthy, horrible stuff. But if you get really nice, fresh sunflower seeds and they go straight into your blend and you blitz them before you feed the dog or before you freeze and feed fairly quickly, then that's absolutely great. The other one, and probably my absolute favourite, is uh, pumpkin seeds, okay? Very good for the prostate, gentlemen. Did you know that? Yeah, we should be eating a bit of prostate. Bit of pro I was going to say eat them more. Eat a bit of prostate. prostate. Don't eat prostate. <laughs> it's quite difficult to do. Don't eat prostate. Somebody do it for you. Eat, eat, eat pumpkin seeds, uh, ladies. Pretend I didn't say that. Okay, so uh, uh, pumpkin seed is absolutely wonderful. You can f use it as a, as treats, yeah, because they're really tiny, they're really silky, and they don't mess up your pocket. So you can use them as treats. Uh, if when you're when you're wanting to just give a not too much in the way of food to the dog, but you've got to treat them a lot when you're training. So you can use those, or you can just put them into 
the blend and, and give them in. Some people say they have an antiparasitic effect, and that may well be the case. There's no studies that I know, but it, it sounds pretty, pretty logical. There is, there uh, there is, there is, there is studies on, um, on cucurbitacin is the name of the compound in, in, uh, in, in uh, pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin. You, want, you want EU pumpkin seeds. You want the organic pumpkin seeds from the EU. You want Austria. They're yeah. called Styrian pumpkin Ooh. seeds, not the imported. I, Connor, I'd love you to post that. I, the only one that I yeah. could find was in farm animals, and they found it was equivocal as far as the results. So I'd love to see you yeah. uh, put some of those I'll on Patreon now. for you, the dogs you, and You start doing your three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't so, know about cats, but so. I'll, I'll find it now. Yeah. All right. So that'd be great. Uh, so, yeah, I agree entirely. Yeah. I love the idea of um, if you're going to do the herb stuff, I would offer some access to fresh herbs. Um, absolutely. A bit of zoo pharmacognosy stuff um, is great. People have talked a little bit about um, walnuts in there, great adaptogens and things like that within uh, walnuts. So if your dog's eating those, got no issues um, there. Uh, I would say uh, my top ones, definitely bone broth. I love to make it myself. I've seen a few people talk about adding bone broth um, uh, in there and definitely, definitely back that up. I think a couple of cheats. I'm going to do the cheats tonight, okay, for people that are really anxious. Mm. If you have, yeah. and I am not sponsored, I don't not be paid by these guys either. Um, so if you are really concerned about your dog or cat and you're thinking, oh, I want to do DIY, but I'm not totally sure. I might be deficient in occasional bits. There are some great products out there. Sure Westers does one. Uh, actually, this guy does one on his. I don't know why he does some sort of. Uh, oh yeah, the pinch bots by yeah. Dermadol. Oh yeah, oh yes. that's him. Yeah, you yeah, you do those pinch um, bots by Dermadol. Yeah, some people will use Biofunction Eight uh, as a little bit of a, an addition. Um, and but Dor West do Keepers Mix Sensitive. I think that's quite a nice one. Um, this is one that um, I think is also great. It was one that we used before that stuff came out, which is Pet Plus, uh, available um, in the US as well as uh, in the UK. Um, it's just Pro a bit of a, one. Yeah, it's oh, just a, a range, of, range of supplements You've as got well. something Have a look at those. that you can add in once, twice a week, okay, which will give some extra nutrient value to the food if you're at all unsure. And don't get upset that you might be up or down on nutrient value. So just consider something like one of those uh, additions there. Um, and then my last one is going to be eggs. I, I love to add love egg. eggs. Okay, so mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a great source of omega-3s, um, you know, in the fresh source, if you can get pasture-raised eggs, so that's usually people that have raised them in their back gardens or on small paddocks and they're selling them at the gate end. Um, you know, to be honest, those are usually the only true, properly free-range, not open a door and hope they might go out if it's really hot weather, um, sort of free-range, which we also suffer from in the UK. Uh, where the majority of them are actually in the barn, uh, staying nice and warm near the food and water um, and not strolling around amongst an orchard. Um, but, you know, if you can find those eggs, uh, quail eggs, I think, are, are great because it's really hard to intensively bring up quail, I think. You know, they're pretty much um, they like to have a bit more space uh, and they can be nutritionally compact as well. So eggs is my uh, useful addition. Nice. Yeah. And I've cracked through. I've cracked through. Did you get that joke? I've cracked through mine. 
Uh, and so I think we should go into oh, things to avoid. And that's that joke. We've got four minutes. I'm going to just say one primary thing that you would advise a newbie starter to avoid. In So you've got to choose your best one, Connor. Um, things to avoid if you're raw food foodie. One thing to avoid. I struggled with this, to be honest with you, but I would say if you are going to use um, pre-made raws, okay, particularly in the, um, not, can't blame the cheap raws all the time, but know that some pre-made raw dog foods can be made on ground carcass. And uh, ground carcass is chicken, you know, ground carcass is lamb, ground carcass is duck. And to the unknowing eye, that very light colored duck mince that you're looking at is ground up duck carcass very high fat bit of bone very little meat it's the definition of a carcass they've taken all the meat off it same with chicken chicken carcass so um that's a problem because i don't see dogs getting a lot of meat there and i would say that i would bring over a bit of my concerns about dry foods to pre-made raw dog foods as well and i would say guys there is no such thing as complete don't trust that anybody has your pets uh perfect health in one little product and i'd always add my own bits so things to avoid is any of the nonsense and the, the window dressing at the end of the product that's there to make you believe their product is completely different to the other guy's product. They're all using the same bits, give or take. Some are using better sources. But um, I would say always add in your own bits. Be careful of the label. Avoid using just the same pre-made every single day. That would be a mistake, in my opinion. Right, Nick. Okay, my one is avocado. It's not to avoid, but lots of people will tell you to avoid it. And I think what's happened is that at some point in 1865, a dog died of a pit, an avocado pit getting stuck in their throat. And everybody else since then has said, has thrown the baby out with the bathwater and said, avocados will kill your dog. Avocado flesh will not. A bit of avocado skin probably won't. I don't know. But stick with the flesh because that's what's something that we know about. It's super good for you. The fats are incredibly good. It's a bit pricey. But if there's one going off, put it in the dog, I would suggest. It is not an inherently dangerous product. Brent. Yeah, so I think the one thing I would implore you to avoid is um, getting stuck into a rut, going, my little pooch fifi or my little kneecap will only eat chicken. And then just getting stuck, just feeding chicken for the rest of its life or indeed just feeding breast meat you know um is getting stuck into that rut so please 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 i know it's a bit of a reverse of variety but you know if there's one thing that you remember from tonight don't get stuck into a rut of just feeding one thing over and over again and think you're feeding raw appropriately because i can pretty much guarantee you're not okay so um yeah that would be my one thing to avoid um at this there are other things and we're going to talk about that over on patreon uh of yeah um other bets and things also best things to try and make at this current time it more efficient and value to feed raw okay so if you want to hear the extra bits please join us over on patreon by the way if you see a couple of guys talking about mowers there seems to be some glitch that Patreon keeps flipping the link to our videos to some weird South Americans what? talking about mowers. And it's hilarious because I get it pretty much every week. I have to go and fix the link 
and I don't know what's going on, but you know, that's one that Nick's going to inquire with the Patreon person that she, he knows and uh, uh, see oh, what's going on there. Do. But, <laughs> but so sorry if, for all of those hilarious guys that got to watch the guys talking about mowers. Okay, um, I'm really sorry, but that's not us. I just posted a I just posted a study there the evaluation of the anti-helminth activity and composition of pumpkin seed extracts all the in vitro and in vivo studies from 2016 so I just put it up on the Facebook page there so people can have a look just in case they're not on Patreon bit nerdy but the the bottom line is uh that uh, there's great potential here because of the rise of resistance to the the chemicals we're using or in uh, pets and horses and and uh, whatnot. It, this is a is a is certainly a solution that they could be looking at. Could I just check? Tassen. Was that the one that talked about the concentrations fed to mice and their activity, or is that specifically in dogs? Uh, no, listen, I haven't seen any solid studies in dogs. I've just seen chickens, pigs, uh, one in cattle, one in sheep. Because um, there was one so... in mice, but it required that you needed to feed the concentrate made from the pumpkin seed at a rate of one gram per hundred grams of body weight, which I thought was okay. going to be excessive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll check it out again. I'll just, have a look check, and just, sure. check, just check yeah. if that's the same one that I saw before. So it's, yeah, yes, cool. it seems to have an effect, but the concentrations might eliminate how good it is. Um, yeah. So you should always do a worm egg count following using it just to make sure it's done the job. Cool. Okay, so um, for all of you guys, if you want to join us over on www.patreon.com forward slash warpetmedic uh, for the price of a cup of coffee or tea, depending on your preference, uh, you can join us over there, get lots of all of the bits on the side videos um, added in, uh, some other great information, and we thank you for your support. Uh, thanks again, and do share this. Um, feel free to do that, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Cool. Amazing. <laughs>